This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves a 3-0 Chelsea win on a Friday night. It's been a long time coming. Chelsea's 3-0 defeat of Luton Town was our first home win since the 2-0 against Dortmund in the Champions League on the 7th of March, and first in the league since the 1-0 against Leeds three days before. And it's the first time we've been beaten, uh, sorry, we've beaten anyone by 3-0 at home since we beat Wolves 3-0 on the 8th of October last year. Happy, blimey. Yeah, blimey. Happy days. Now, Chelsea and the players have been deservedly much maligned since then, and none more so than Raheem Sterling, a man who has been operating about as effectively as a blunt bick. But on Friday, he was sharp, smooth, and indicated that he was indeed the best version of Raheem Sterling a Chelsea fan can get. Let, let's hope that, that that his two well-taken goals and a creative outlet throughout can lead us to believe that he has finally turned a corner. Although a little flat either side of half-time, Chelsea quite rightly dominated Luton, and hopefully this can breed some confidence in the early days of Pochettino's regime. There are improvements and possibly more players needed, and surely much more to come. But at least we now have a foundation to build on. But for now, let's just appreciate the rise in the value of Sterling. And tonight's oh, show tonight's show is called A Rise in the Value of Sterling. Chelsea Fancast oh. oh. 1056. Oh, we should all cash out now. We should, yeah. shouldn't we? Um hello boys. JK, good to see you. Sorry we're a bit, Never you know. Met you see, we'll cash out now. She didn't quite get that, Dan. Oh, yeah, I did. I did, you know, cuz it's Sterling. Yeah, but you lost I over it. I know. Over I know. I'm sorry. I was But no, but no, but Chidge, well done. Thank you very much. Well thank done you. all those those that all the, the the shaving imagery and the money imagery. Oh, all Chidge. stolen from you to be fair. <laughs> you know. 
It's not exactly over a, the uh, over the weeks. Yes, I know. Not yeah. exactly a Chidge original. Um, I am Sam for Chidge, of course. So I'm joined by the absolutely wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Oh, a joy to be on the show as always, Chidge. As always, particularly um, after a lovely three nil victory, mm. which uh, uh, it's always very nice, and it's nice to see some of the players improving, particularly as you say, Sterling, who has been a complete and utter bizarre revelation. Yes, he so, has. You know, yes. good luck to him. Good luck to him. If he can maintain that standard, then uh, um, I, I won't want him at. So, JK, we have a lovely guest on the show tonight, and he is? He's one of the uh, the stalwarts of the uh, Chelsea Football Trust, of course. It is the excellent, um, uh, beautifully observational and uh, perceptive and percussive. Percussive. And percussive and witty and charming uh, Mr. Dan Silver. Well, great introduction. We say percussive. So I shake my maracas at you. <laughs> mm. Oh, very droll. Dan, great to see you. And I have to say, Dan, um, I mean, obviously it was great to win 3-0 and we'll be talking all about that in a minute, but uh, it, superb in the pub beforehand, um, even better in the pub afterwards. I rarely get to go to the pub afterwards and it was just a delight to see you and the lovely Paul, who I absolutely adore, Nathan on great form, of course, and uh, and Phil, Phil Spector, who's now come over yeah. from the States and has joined us. And, of course, uh, the surprise package, which was Dara, who I met at the bar. And he came and joined us and was great company as well, wasn't he? Delightful Dara, who didn't have a Western Supermare he, like we did last season. No, indeed. So you had to get back there. I don't know how he managed to get yeah. back there at that time. I mean, I didn't stagger in until half one. I think he wasn't due home till like, seven in the morning or something ridiculous. But he did say his missus had been out on the lash as well. So it should be all right. He will indeed. No, it was, mate, it was it, I don't get to do that enough. And uh, it was delightful going back and seeing you for a few a few ales after the match because uh, uh, we were in such fine spirits because of that. Right now, as ever, don't uh, forget you can listen to the show live ah! every Monday and Friday, apart from when it's on Tuesday and at half, at half eight, not at half seven. Uh, and you go to Mixler, which is Chelsea-Fancast dot mixler.com where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat pages so many of you absolute nutters and lovely people do uh, now you can follow us on the socials at chelsea fancast listen and subscribe on Acast, spotify apple and all good podcast platforms and all the rubbish ones too and make sure you leave us a glowing five star review it would be very kind if you did that now we're going to be back uh, very shortly to talk about chelsea versus luton Mr. Kidd, um, we can't right. start anywhere but the uh, the the Raheem the reemergence of Raheem Sterling, who who I have to say I thought was absolutely superb. Of course, we have to go to you because you've been taking the actual uh, Mickey out of him for a long time, as I said in the intro, quite deservedly, quite deservedly. But uh, he has uh, sharpened his act up, hasn't he? He's uh, got a, got a sharpener on his razor, mate. Yeah. <laughs> No longer the blunt man that he was. He's um, 
uh, you can't say turned a corner because he's actually has played like this before because he th this is one of the reasons he became um, such a, an attractive player for City because uh, he's playing like this for Liverpool. Um, but it, 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 I looked at the press conference today and, and Poch said um, it, it was kind of a mental thing. It was almost as if he said he wanted to play in this environment, which makes me think once again that very few of them wanted to play at all last year. Um, it's just such a shame that you know they just still took the same money and manifested their their annoyance with the regime by um, playing like asses because he clearly did. And whether his injuries were were real ones or or whether it was suited him not to be involved, we will never know. But um, he played magnificently. There were hazardesque like moments with him, um, and uh, if he carries on playing like that, you know. All, all their well, if they buy another winger, which apparently is what they're supposed to be, whether they are or not. Pochettino once again at the press conference said that he was. Um, uh, it may not be over, but he's happy with the squad. But he said we're still looking for the club are still looking for people. So um, you know, I'm, I'm, um, um, but but yeah, he, he if you weren't to buy uh, another winger and you were playing with Madueke and and Mudrik who haven't been um, haven't fulfilled their promise. You could almost say, well, we've got, you know, a terrific player up there. Let's let's find let's work it all out with the other positions because his his he is running so much more quickly. He's he's making decisions that earlier on when he didn't seem to be committed, just running into players, which is you know great um, Sean Wright Phillips territory. But in this instance, he now he's got terrific feet, um, uh, moves the ball around players fantastically quickly. And the first goal was just absolutely brilliant. Um, and he, but he also, even the second goal, he found himself having been dispossessed after a couple of really, he turned, turned the, the ball, turned the player absolutely excellently, was dispossessed. We still retained possession. And he ran beautifully into a perfect position for Gusto just to find him, just to slip the ball into the net. Another excellent goal. But he was contributing all the way through. And, uh, you know, and uh, it's, a, it's a huge relief to see the best paid player in the team playing to the level that we thought he was going to be at. Um, and, and, you know, I'm willing to forgive the whole... I'm, I sort of don't forgive it because everybody was so dreadful. It's interesting to watch Kovacic at the moment playing for City, who is still doing the same things of being, you know, running into people all the time, but is still a terrific player. And you just realised that there was a complete meltdown of everybody, as we knew. We knew what was going on and we were, we were right about it. So, But to actually see him now come up... Uh, he set himself his own bar. This is the trouble... He's got to got to play at this level because we now see what he's capable of. Because he is, he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he was. Of course, the real the real question, J.K. is: Do you really think he's turned a corner? Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think what I'm trying to say, I'll be more more direct. We were playing against Luton. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we shouldn't go mad about it. But you know, they they still provided a. You know, they got promoted. They we've. They created really decent blocks against us, and the the first goal was the kind of move. If he'd managed to do that against West Ham, um, it would have been the perfect solution. But um, to their block, and I, it, that, we, we've always been saying this: if somebody plays a, a very low block against us, you've got to somehow have a, a moment of skill or a moment of brilliance to get through it. Um, when, and he played very well against West Ham, but he was much better against Luton. But yeah, possibly. Um, I'd like to see how he plays against um, Forrest and let's see, let's give him, 
let's be let's see what happens over the next few weeks. But as I said uh, earlier, he's just he's set a he's set a very big, very high high standard for himself, a high barrier which he's got to maintain every game. But if he plays like that, I can't really see because it's the speed. It's not just a question of right, it's Luton, but he he. He was, his feet were so quick. It was just, it was just fantastic. You know, I, I, it was so impressive. Um, and also his intelligence. He played in a much more intelligent way than we've seen him play before. And it makes me think he wasn't actually trying last year, as we've said. Well, I think so. I mean, I, I think what he has to do, I mean, you, you mentioned West Ham, which I thought was a very pertinent point. I, I think a player like Sterling, he's got to, he's got to run. He's got to run at defences. And, I think that also means he's got to be brave. Now, I'm not not trying to infer that he's not brave, but he has to be brave because, as you said, he's either going to beat them, right, or he's going to get fouled. And, and I mean, you know, if only we had somebody who could take a decent free kick. But, you know, that for me is part of, of, of his particular, in, in terms of his position, that's part of the game. You know, he's if he can't, you know, get past them, then take a foul, take the hit, because if he's good enough for them to be conceding fouls because he's you know he's good enough it's as simple as that we shall see um i do think we we might have dan back in the land of the living uh, echo free echo free far away in time anyway uh dan um question for you uh i thought i thought you know look as a whole it it was progress wasn't it there's still room for improvement i thought you know, we were a bit flat either side of half time, but all the goals were really good goals. I mean, Sterling's first great bit of individual skill um, and the second goal, you know, good to see somebody in the right place at the right time in the third one. And Jackson's goal, proper striker's goal, talk about him in a minute. But uh, I thought what really pleased me most was the, the fact that the transitions when we were playing well were quick, as was the attacking play. There was not as much stodge as we saw against West Ham. Um I thought, you know, basically encouraging, mate. Yeah, I thought really good performance. I mean, God, bear in mind, it was essentially a championship team, so it got a bit of perspective towards that. Mm. But I thought generally we were fast, we were aggressive, we didn't give much away, so to keep a high any saves to make. Good performance. Just going back to Sterling very briefly, in case has been said, also he's one of the few players with experience. Yes. So these young kids need to look up to him and think, you know what, he needs to stand up and be counted because he's the most experienced player on the team. So he's Absolutely. key for many reasons. But I thought, generally speaking, attacking football's good. Enzo, incredible. Casado, you know, looking good. It's lots of encouraging signs yeah, so they were. far. Three games in. Yeah, they were. But I mean, was, it, it's something to build on, JK, isn't it? He was very vocal. He's very vocal on the, the field. Who? Sterling. 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 Yeah. Which, which, is, which was pretty rubbish when he was playing dreadfully. You kept thinking, well, you know, you're hardly anybody to be, be considered an example. But now he's playing so well, um, you can you can accept it. You think, right, I agree. You know, he is the oldest, as you say, and the most experienced. And uh, he is somebody to be looked up to. But he he uh, there was a great feeling of um, companionship when he scored. Everybody was really on top of him. I think, you know, that's that's a nice thing to see. They all seem to like each other very much. Yeah, yeah I thought team spirit looked really, really good. Really good. That was very important. And also, as Sterling said on the TV afterwards, He's not playing his back to goal and he's not no. playing his wing back, which he was, you know, a lot of square pegs round holes last season. Playing as this attacking player, he for City Liverpool was absolutely brilliant. Very aggressive, forward running. Really, now, if we get 15 goals out of the season, happy days. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's something to do also with the manager. Do you think oh, it... definitely. Well, that's Pochett... what he said. I mean, he said to him, didn't he? He said, mate, 
I just want you to run at the defences. That's what you do best. Is what we 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 were saying all last year as well. I mean that, you know, and maybe maybe sometimes players need need to be reminded of what what they do really really well and almost being be given permission to be the player that they are, Dan. Yeah, also not put in positions they're not very good at. Oh, yeah. They can't you can't unless you can't reload the game at twenty seven, twenty eight to go to a wing back. Listen, Pot Potter was a horrific mistake. We've spoken out of Fanatic and Vowers. If you've got Pot choose a good manager, top level, he knows how to get the best out of players. And he's telling Sterling, do what you do best, do what you've been doing for ten years at Liverpool and City. Be that fast, aggressive winger slash striker. And that's what he's doing. And he's West Ham for bits and on Friday he looked like a Raheem Sterling of old. Yeah, definitely. Now, so take a bit about Potch very quickly, Chidge. Um, he he's very touchy feely with everybody who he sends on as a substitute. It's it's quite remarkable. He is he's a very friendly manager. He's very very keen on the whole family thing with with the players, and uh, I I find that very um, admirable. Actually, it's it's very interesting. In each instance, every substitute had a personally had a personal word with. An arm round, you know, and a, a pat on the on the back to get them on the pitch. It was it was heartwarming, actually. Yeah, personality, really, isn't it? Now, on the twenty fourth of August, two thousand and four, Didier Drogba scored his first Chelsea goal against a newly promoted side in his third Premier League game, and he wears wore the number fifteen shirt. On the twenty fifth of August, two thousand and twenty three, Nicholas Jackson scores his first Chelsea goal against a newly promoted side in his third Premier League game. And uh, the other thing is that uh, Scott Minto uh, also uh, was making some comparisons with early doors Drogba, which I thought was interesting. But the point that I really want to make is that uh, I think the most important thing of all on Friday at Friedi Neat was the fact that Nicholas Jackson got off the mark in his third game. I think that's so important for our striker, our, 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 the, the guy that we basically bought to score goals to get off the mark. And I thought, Dan, it was a proper, proper striker's goal because he stuck it yeah. in with his toe from a yard out. I, that's exactly what I want to see a striker do. Actually, a player in the six-yard box for a cross was more shocking. Yeah. But he's great. And also, they both did the knee slide, which Jogba did as well. They did, didn't they? Uh, yeah. It was, I, think, I thought, yeah, he's very raw, Jackson. He made a couple of Bad touches, but generally speaking, his his aggression, his play was great. He was looking really, looking really good so far. That's what you want. You want your strike in the box, tapping across home. Happy days. I, I Can't know any more. Sorry, Dan. I know that um, uh, the word stats is an ugly word on this show, and I shouldn't be saying it, but you can be a- absolutely sure that uh, he had an enormous amount of pluses um, to, for him to be purchased. By this, this the, by the gurus, um, and uh, he he really does tick so many boxes. He's got great feet, dribbles the ball excellently, um, very swift, um, great center of gravity, uh, big shoulders, uh, doesn't get pushed off the ball. Is frequently fouled. We were talking about that earlier with Sterling running into the box. Um, I'd like to see him get a header because, of course, Drogba's goal against Palace. Um, 20 years ago was a uh, was a header to get off the mark but I, I was a as you say a true a true attacker's goal he got in front of the defender with his foot and just towed it in but um uh yeah I, I 
I think he might work better. It's a, such a shame Nkunku's injured because Nkunku is clearly a class act. And if they were playing together, I think you might have everything would be solved. But at the moment, we're not sure if anybody else is going to come in to help him out. But um, uh, that 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 was a that's been a purchase um, of great competence for me. Yeah, because Bournemouth were trying to sign him in, in um, January window because he was injured. He wasn't going to be back until February, March. They decided against it because they were they got a fee agreed, but injuries stopped them from signings for Bournemouth. Interesting. Yeah. Blimey, didn't know that. Good knowledge, Dan. Mm. Good knowledge, Dan. No, I like him. I mean, you know, just for his, you know, exuberance and effort. I mean, I know that you know people get a bit peeved, and we just talk about. Gave 100%, put in a lot of effort, mate. Runs around a lot, you know, because they all want people to do fucking, you know, banana flicks and the rest of it. But actually, you you know, you get your rewards. I mean, I think that that, that for me was the point about that goal. He gave his bollocks, he ran his bollocks off for us on Friday night. Uh, he, he did a cracking shot, which was kind of annoyingly straight at the keeper. But again, right place. And he had no no fears about cracking one off quickly. And, you know, that's Kerry will tell you this. You know, you can play brilliantly all night, hit the bar, hit the post, whatever, beat your man, everything else, and you don't get a goal. But actually, sometimes when you do, you run around and just put in a lot of effort and stick at it, you get your reward. And he did. I just think it's, it's, I mean, look, the number of times we've seen strikers come to this club three games, five games, 10 games, 15 games, they don't score a goal. And then suddenly, oh, it's the curse of the number nine shirt or the striker in this, this, uh, particular instance oh you know and it, you just know you can tell it's never going to happen for them you know we've seen it so many times so I think it's really important that I mean remember uh the mate the mad bugger what was his name the Romanian JK Mutu. thank you Dan Mutu Mutu you know got off to the perfect start and then went on this run and then 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 his nose began to run so it all went a bit pear-shaped but you know it makes a difference when they get a goal early. I think it just gets their confidence up and they feel that they belong. I think it's so important for a striker, JK. Well, I think the crowd is immediately on their side, of course. Um, and uh, it encourages them to uh, to shoot from a long way off. Um, not that he does that particularly, but uh, um, as you say, his uh, um, his willingness is really attractive. His his desire to be on the end of stuff. It's just what a proper striker gets up to. But, I, I, you know, I'd be intrigued to see if he does play with somebody, if he does play two up and he plays with someone else as to whether he can be put in an enormous amount because he seems to be very, he seems to be bright about it as well, gets into good positions. Um, uh, but it, well, it's a question of whether they they buy someone or they they um, they wait for Nkunku. You know, I think at the moment, he, he said in the press well, conference... I've got Brozier as well. He was ha- indeed he said he was happy with his squad um but if they bought someone else he would be happy with that yeah i think he's he's, he's very tentative in the press conference about making anything making any statement about yeah. players in or players out as is normally the case with him he he skirts around issues all the time uh, he's positive. deft isn't he very yeah yeah nimble nimble about it yeah deft and nimble um now talking of deft and nimble uh, i thought that uh, enzo uh, showed his class again. Played a lot further up, actually, didn't he? He played in the uh, the the position that Chukwamakamaka uh, uh, would have played in. There was one thing he did that I I, I kind of was aware. Of. I mean, when you when you're watching it live, where I was watching it from, it just looked like he'd he'd hoof the ball up to Gusto. But actually, when I watched it on the television uh, later on on the weekend, he he brought the ball down with his right foot 
instantly from a from quite a long ball, flicked it, pivoted it, and then volleyed it all the way down to Gusto in a pinpoint path. And I, I mean, looking at it, I thought, fucking hell, mate, that's outrageous. That was quality. So classy, mate. Liked him. And I, and I mean, talking of uh, you know new midfielders that are supposed to be more defensively minded, clearly he, everything they've been saying about Enzo is true that he he, he should be played further forward. I thought uh, I thought Kai, Kaiseido did all right too. I liked that he, he seemed to be channeling his inner Kante, JK. There was a moment oh. when he tenaciously was winning the ball back, even though he was flat on his ass and still managing to pass it. That, surely that's his inner Mickey Thomas. Oh, good point. Yes, I like that. But you know what I mean? He was yeah, yeah. terrier-like. No, indeed. But I actually thought there was a, a Makaleli aspect about him as well. Mm. It, the way he wrapped himself around a few players to get the ball. Um it, it, for me, he's he's a he's clearly a class act. I think you've got to give him a few days to few weeks to actually become uh, the best um, holding Premier League mid midfielder. But I think he's going to get there, as I think they all will. I, I'm 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 very impressed with the. Um, I think how was it? We've sold thirteen and we bought ten, and it really is. There are huge echoes of two thousand and four five. I know I've mentioned this before. But this, they they've done exactly what we wanted them to do, haven't they? Yeah. They've cleared everybody that we thought underachieved out, and the only, well, we thought one of them was going to be Sterling. We thought he was completely going to be off it. But the other one who has to prove himself, and we may not be given the opportunity, and we're going to go on to this, of course, is is Cucurella, who may end up at United. But um, at the same time, there is a bit of damage, and that. Uh, Looks as if they're trying to offload Chalabar. I'm intrigued by the fact that Bayern are supposed to have come in. Yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we're going to get on to yeah, that. Yeah, we will. Part. But I mean, actually, this this is a, a funny enough quite a, a segue into that in a way because I I think we've got to mention again, Dan, that Connor was excellent yet again. Um, he played deeper with uh, Caicedo, didn't he? Whereas I would have put him up where Enzo was playing, to be honest. Um, but again, he, you know. He's so misunderstood, I think. He puts 100% in. He's not as technically uh, inept as I think a lot of people would have you believe. Um, he he really, you know, just kind of reminds me. I know this is like very old hat and very cliched, but, you know, Alf Ramsey did this with England's World Cup uh, squad in uh, 1966. Uh, that 11 that won the World Cup final was not was not the best 11 players in England by any stretch of the imagination, but they were the best team, which meant it could accommodate somebody like Nobby Styles. You know, and that's the point. You know, you, you've got to do you've got to have somebody who's prepared to put their foot in and do the dirty work, not be the flash Harry and just bind it together. And I think Connor is doing that very, very well. Absolutely. He's got energy. He just never stops running. We've got we need players like that who'll just keep pushing, keep driving, making tackles, smart. I think he's a really decent player. Done, done absolutely nothing wrong. He's not going to do a Rabona or, you know, outside the ball pass. He'll just do the basics and does the basics very well. You know, if it's Conor Gallagherino, the fans would love him. But I, I just think he's an important part of the squad. He's got Conor energy, <laughs> strength, tackles, simple with the ball. He doesn't do any flash passes. He'll use the ball very well. He very rarely loses the ball. I said it last he week. He, he's always available and he's fearless. Yeah. You know, he's, he's fearless. JK? The one problem playing him further back is you then don't have him using his ability to get in the penalty area and flick goals in, which he's very good well, at. I guess, well, I would play him higher. You know that. Yeah. Because yeah, I, think... know, I know he can score in the Premier League. He's proven my, it. My fear is that um, I, I think 
Pochettino is very fond of, of Uga Chukwo, Leslie. And uh, and I think he'll get be given more of an opportunity because the little twice he's played now that each time his cameo has been very impressive. To, and and I I the very fact that um, uh, uh, Santos is going out on loan supposedly and Ugachukwo isn't. I think he's made a decision, Pochettino, that he's more in his sights. And I think we might have a um, well. It'd be interesting to see who he picks for the weekend because obviously tomorrow night's going to be a very different. Selection. Something for the weekend, sir. The weekend, yes, um, uh, yes. I'll have the uh, the condoms, please. Oh, what? Um, uh, don't you mean the soap, sir? Um, um, or both? Uh, yeah, or both. Yeah. <laughs> Your age, yeah. Uh, um, uh, you've thrown me completely. <laughs> Talk about Leslie, I've not Leslie Phillips. Not Leslie um, Phillips. Bill full of soap. Ding in- dong. I know. Um, so uh, you know, I just think I, I think they've got some very good players indeed, and he's he's trying to think of the best permutations for all of them. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it, just to get back to what you were saying about Enzo, the that was a that, everybody at the time thought he's just booted the ball up the yeah. pitch, didn't we? We all thought it's a whereas actual fact, it was very canny and done very quickly and set Gusto up and Gusto pin per, pinpoint perfect yeah. um, center. I felt very pleased for him as well because he was a bit in the period where after we'd got the one up and they came back into it a bit, he looked a bit tense. I think it was his, you know, fair enough to him. He hasn't been playing. He's only 19 as well. Indeed. Absolutely right. I thought he got better. And the very, when he, once again, he he centered that and he scored and the, the love that he got from the rest of the players as well, as you said, Dan, team spirit is very, very good indeed. And they're all, they're all right on top of each other in a, in a very encouraging way. It's, um, but once again, I think this stems from the manager, who is really encouraging for all of them. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. Um, he gives me kind of Vieira vibes with yeah. his physique. Leslie, tall, strong, very yeah. good. I think Santos has got because he's going to get more game time at Forest, and Steve Cooper's a, a good manager for yeah. you know bringing through young players like he did with the England. Uh, under 18's World Cup team, I think it was. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably why he's gone there. But uh, we bought these players. If someone has to get games, you can't buy 50 players not playing. No, very true. Well, I mean, on on that point, I mean, there's been these horrible rumours. I mean, this is the last week of the transfer window. We will talk more about this in part two, but we've got, what, one couple of days left, basically. And, uh, you know, the rumours about Connor get, being got rid of do not go away. I hope he doesn't get sold this week. C. Uh, uh, Walters... Hello, nice to hear from you again. Uh, says Graham Bailey is saying that Chelsea will work on a new contract for Connor after Friday, which would normally fill me with hope, but they did that to Lewis Hall. So I hope... I think if Trevor goes, Connor stays. Yeah, OK. Well, we'll, we'll talk about all this in part two. Yeah. In Because that's where I've decided we're going to talk about it. Um, Right, in the meantime, uh, do not forget, of course, that you can... Uh, get your copy of CFC UK. Hurry up. It's only a pound uh, from the uh, CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway. Uh, the Fulham Broadway uh, kind of entrance to the to the supermarket there. Uh, everybody's favourite fanzine. Now, of course, not everybody can get it. Of course, you can also get it if any of the sellers in the uh, in the Fulham Road. So don't forget that. You'll, you'll know where to uh, find them because you will hear. Hurry up. It's only a pound being shouted. Now, if you can't get to the games, do not panic. You can still get a copy of the fanzine. If you email fanzine at cfcuk.net, 
you can subscribe for a whole year's worth of fanzines and that in the uk will cost you 20 quid europe 45 quid rest of the world 60 quid uh, you can also get it digitally so you get a pdf emailed to you six quid for a year or a pound each and uh, you can pay for all of this via paypal and uh, it behoves me to say in these interesting times of new ownership uh a, a very good time to get yourself a Chelsea pitch owner's share because that means you have a little bit of power over those what own the club and who may not have its long-term interests, uh, uh, you know, in mind, whereas we, of course, as supporters do. So, uh, yeah, if you want to get a share, uh, it's 120 quid for an ele- sorry, 110 quid for an electronic share, 173 for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player. Just go to the Chelsea website, chelseafc.com, and search for Chelsea Pitch Owners. We will be back very shortly. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stanford Chidge, and I am joined by the effusive Jonathan Kidd. Oh, I'm feeling very effusive tonight. You're right, Chidge, yes. yes. Oh. And the excellent drinking buddy that is Dan Silver. Good evening. Yes, indeed. Enjoyed our Friday night. I said I said that earlier on, but I, I'm still enjoying it now. Now, just kind of catch up on a bit of uh, Chelsea-related uh, news uh, from the week, uh, the first of which should really start with a... Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, the fat fuck Lukaku has gone to Roma. I cannot <laughs> believe how happy that makes me, JK. Um, 
I think it makes us all very happy, doesn't it? Really, because um, there was this, this, this—I don't know how to put it—this flirtation that appeared to be that because he was training with the the reserves, that somehow he would um, um, ease his way back, or I don't know what you do when you're Lukaku, um, uh, grunt your way back, uh, fall your way, no, uh, uh, lurch your way back into um, the first team's interest somehow. Um, but I, I think it was decided early on that, that he wasn't going to play for the, wasn't going to be in the uh, uh, in the first team's thoughts. I think mainly because they want to get the the wage out of the club and they want him to be um, uh, not in their plans. I don't really think it's in, it would be interesting to know what how he's considered in the dressing room, um, particularly since there's hardly anybody left from last year. Well, yeah, possibly a wanker, but possibly. Um, uh, you know, but yeah, yeah, you know what I think about him. I think it was an absolute farce, and his his constant betrayal and his constant um, uh, dissing of everybody to do with the club was just absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely he, no self awareness whatsoever. He's a walking ego with nothing to back it up or substantiate it. But it was interesting that he's trying to get the support from from the sympathy for people talking about his mother being party to most of the decisions he makes as if somehow it's it's not yeah it's not his responsibility shifting it's just yeah but it's childish isn't it ultimately well i mean he is he's a child mate he's a man child i mean he's a bottler too he ran away the first time you know after the uh super cup against i think it was it was uh bayern or was it atletico i think it was bayern wasn't it i mean it missed a penalty then Mourinho ran away then and you know he's you know walking ego mate I mean, you know, Tuchel was apparently uh, up in arms about the idea of having Ronaldo at the club for the damage it could do on the team spirit. I, I think, you know, Lukaku arguably has, was as damaging, if you if you think about it. I mean, in, I mean it's kind of interesting, isn't it, when we revisit the Anas Horribilis, Tuchel's kind of last proper season in charge. You could say it all started to go wrong with Lukaku, you know, and his comments, uh, you know, to uh, Sky Italia. And I mean, I know there are lots of other things as well, but, uh, you know, he, he, he was a bad apple, mate. And he, we are well shot of him, Dan, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's literally probably one of the most unpopular Chelsea players in in recent history. I mean, he's up there with the Poyers and the Juries and the people like that. Just, just I, I think he's, wor- he's worse. Character. He's worse than them. I mean, Poyer and Jury. Okay, Jury was a bit of a... Um, he's... Played well for us. He did play well for us. He was a bit of a shit when he went saying he wasn't going to go to Spurs and then doing it. Poyo went to Spurs. He's a professional footballer. I mean, I, I get over I your, get over yourselves, people. These yeah. are, these are professionals, and they will go where they're paid handsomely because that's their job. I think Lukaku was worse than that, lifting up his underskirts to everybody else and undermining Tuchel and the, and the entire team. Shit heel. Good good riddance to bad e- rubbish. Massive egotistical wanker. Yeah, there we go. Dan, Dan Levine, uh, Dan Levine, the Freudian slip oh, of ever there was one. No, 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 I'm not trying to uh, conflate the two, uh, the last sentence with the next sentence, if you see what I mean. Just a mere slip of the tongue. But uh, you sum it up beautifully there, Dan, I have to say. Now, um, listen, one thing that kind of kind of leaping back to the Luton game, bizarrely, I clearly was a bit do-lally when I, when I put this uh, running order together. But one thing I, I noticed with an element of concern, which will run into the next point, really, where we discuss, well, there may be some transfers to be had uh yet um 
this was our bench against Luton. Now, the, the thing is, it's hard to know what to think of it because, of course, we have got about 500 players injured at the moment, JK. But our bench was Beach, Echo Beach, uh, Bergstrom, uh, Burstow, Cucurella, Humphreys, Matson, Madueki, Marrera, Uguchukwu. That is not a very deep or promising bench, I don't think, in terms of youth and, ex- and inexperience at this level. I, I thought that was a bit worrying, JK, I have to say. Now, I, maybe I'm over-worrying because, of course, we have a lot of injuries at the moment, which is clearly impacting that. But what, what did you think about that? Um, I have to say, yeah, you're, you're one step ahead of me. I didn't pay much attention to the bench, actually. I was more interested in the, who was playing in the first team. But, yeah, but they've got so many injuries. What are they supposed to do? I mean, having said that, though, they several of those played very well pre-season, but obviously it's a very completely different environment for them to, to play. I would be um, surprised he didn't give, um, uh, when they were 3-0 up, give a couple of the, even the, the ones who hadn't played at all ago. Um Marrera, for example, is an example of it. But um, uh, uh, where's your list, Chidge? Where is it? I can't see it on here. First, second page. Page two. Page two. Page two. Yes. Uh, it's the middle graphic. It's the sort of bench you'd expect, expect on Wednesday night. Yeah, it's yeah. very little. Very little. Um, Make it bigger. Uh, oh, yes, OK. Rub it harder. Yeah, OK. I'm not having a great success with that, but never mind. I've just read it out to you anyway. Do you want me to read it out again? Yeah, again, yeah. yeah. Beach, Bergstrom, Burstow, Cucurella, Humphreys, Matson, Madueki, Marrera, Ugachukwu. So you've yeah. got one, two, three, one, uh... four, five, five Ute players, one player who we can't wait to see the back of, uh, and well, sorry, six youth players, and... Uh, and a new signing who might be quite good, actually, the Ugo Chukwu player who did come on. I just thought we were a bit thin. And then I thought about I thought about it some more, and I thought, well, maybe, you know, we have got nine injuries at the moment. Yeah, nine injuries. Humphreys looked very decent at... Um, Basher. Yeah, and he didn't need to bring him on, because Colwell, Silver, and... Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Dezazi were... Were very solid. Uh, they, they, well, they needed to be, especially that period after the first goal, where we looked a little bit um, vulnerable. Um, uh, I mean, that's something we really haven't talked about. It, there was that, that moment, that sort of thirty minutes, where we couldn't put the game to bed in the first half, even though we were all over them. Um, uh, but they, they, excuse me, they held, they held um, very short. Silver was his usual immaculate best. And I think Colwell is getting more into it. Actually, he looked he looked less stressed, um, uh, and Dzazi is a, is is obviously very good indeed. And I'll be intrigued to see what happens when Badia Shield comes back. Um, he'll then have have terrific options because Badia Shield's a decent player, obviously. But um, no, I've, I've got great faith in Matson because he brought Matson on, didn't he? And I think uh, um, there's been there's been some rumor in the in the well once again on x on twitter formerly twitter um saying that he's not happy and he wants away now i'm pretty not convinced that's going to be the case because uh you know he, he he gets on um uh so Chidge, you know matson humphreys um ugo chukwu and uh, uh is a decent player and he's got cucarella if he wanted to bring somebody with experience on i don't think that's too bad a bench myself actually all right fair enough 
I mean, Dan, uh, Cucurella is uh, rumoured to be off to United. Hooray. I mean, I felt it, I, felt, I kind of feel a little bit sorry for him because it was a season where everybody was so dreadful, so, so dreadful. And he's been kind of like shoehorned into that shit show of a season. Whereas Brighton, he was absolutely superb player of the year. The Dortmund home actually showed he could actually do it, but he's he's kind of a victim of last season's catastrophe and maybe because he was Potter's Potter's boy. And you would rather have Matson than Cucurella, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. But I don't think Cucurella's a bad footballer. He just had a really bad season. Maybe he needs to go away for a year to yeah. you know, try and find himself again. At the very least, talking financials, we have to these days, get some money back on him, not make an absolute loss on the 65 million quid we spent on him. <laughs> He seems to make very strange judgments, Cucurella, because he even did this in pre-season, which of, of just running towards the ball uh, with no chance of getting it, and it's just then clipped past him. And he's then comple- completely out of position. Yeah, it's it, it was what he did a lot last season, and we were despaired of that, and lo and behold, he does it again pre-season. This is why I don't think he's figuring. Um uh, but I, I, I'm convinced that if he played in another environment, he'd, he'd be much better. I just don't think that the, the vibe he's going to get from the crowd. Once again, if he does, I mean, what, what is it? What does it take for him to come in and play well? What does that mean, really? You know, because he's 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 not the biggest, and perhaps um, he'd have to play instead of Sterling for a period. Uh, not Sterling, I'm sorry, instead of Chilwell for a period. And I, I'm I'm you know, is that would they would they pick Matson in front of him I think they might so um he might so in which case he doesn't really have a future does he no he doesn't I think he's, I think he's gone I think he gets a good lane at Manchester United and we come to tell him in a year's time at least we try and get him a kick from the value because right now he luck is getting out on loan it's been that bad the last 12 months he's a you know he's dead man walking yeah, as far as football's concerned I'm, I'm with you there and we've we've signed uh Petrovic the uh, MLS goalkeeper who Apparently, Kevin Hitchcock has been coaching and rates rather highly. Brad Friedel did his nut about him, saying how good he was. So um, interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Sanchez has been too bad actually. Um, he said some interesting things on the, the the press conference today. He said that he didn't think that Sanchez had. He's, he said he's definitely playing tomorrow night, and he didn't think that he'd been given enough time yet to have a judgment on. He said he's not. He needs to have explain what. Is required of him, he said. Which, which he said, Hilario and his and his coach were were attempting to do all the time is to make right. him aware of what he was supposed to be doing. See the ball it, that's coming at you, right? You've got to it, stop it, save it, mate. Yeah. And uh, Petrovic's work permit hasn't worked out yet. Apparently. Really? Yeah. Apparently, it was with Bowley at the match on Friday. But there you go. What do I know? Um, I mean, you know, we've still got two days left. There's all sorts of maddening rumours kicking around. Um, in an ideal world, Dan, if we were to get anybody or any, any, you know, thinking more in terms of position, what do we need in? Is there, is there, you know, is there more that we need, and if so, what? Probably another attack, another attacking player. Not, not a striker, a striker, or, or, or more striker, of a kind of a ten, a winger come striker. Yeah, number ten. Anyone, an offensive player, because I guess when Cuckoo's out till December, he's not going to be back to form till probably middle January. Yeah. And that's a long way off. Um, yeah, a, full, a forward come, come come winger. Who I don't know. I mean, how about Mbappe? Yeah, that'd be good. He fits, he fits that bill. <laughs> Heard he's quite good, young lad. Apparently, got plenty of potential. 
Uh, yeah, good deal. There's a there's a Belgian chap on a free transfer. No, Edin. No, I'm no, joking. It's gone. It's that gone. ship's well sailed. It has. It has. Yeah. Bless him. I mean, I you know I I'm a bit like Potter, really. I mean, I'm 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 happy to see what he can do with this bunch of players. But if we get anybody in, you know, I mean, I still I still think that basically we we are short of a a proper kind of number ten, really creative attacking midfield player who can unpick the lock and can weigh in with 10, 10 or so goals plus a season, JK. I think that's what we don't have. I mean, I think that, I think that you know, Enzo is good, maybe that player. I think Connor is good, maybe that player. But we, we need somebody better than what they, are, they may be potentially right now, I think, to, to kind of really give us the balance we need. Well, we talked about that last week, didn't we, about getting somebody in who was a, a Fabregas equivalent. Yeah. But the trouble is it, would, it probably would need a an older player, and that seems to be not what they're interested in purchasing at the moment. They only want players who are in their early 20s. Oh, no. And I mean, we said this about Madison and uh, and Ward-Prowse, didn't we? They'd been excellent buys. but Excellent. But I, I don't, that doesn't fit the brief, I don't think, in any way whatsoever. I mean, look at Madison the other day, player, player of the match for yeah. Spurs, you know, proving what we were saying last week, really. But we ain't that kind of club. We're not, we're not going in for those kind of people, for good or for ill. Now, uh, the other big news from this week, um, which is, in fact was celebrated by that rarest of occurrences, a a one-off uh, JK Chelsea fan cast fan bite special. So apoplectic with rage was he about the revelations about Mike Dean, who has confirmed that he is in fact a Gareth. Who knew? With his revelation that he he elected not to. Uh, do anything about Cucurella, the aforementioned Cucurella being pulled to the ground by Romero when we played Spurs last season in the first one of the first matches of the season. It should have been sent off for violent conduct. But Mike Dean didn't want to put his mate, Anthony Taylor, through much more of a hard time because he'd already had a difficult game. Poor old Anthony Taylor. JK, take it away, baby. <laughs> well, interestingly... Dean appeared again on um, Sky. I think he's their resident referee, isn't he, on the the Saturday show, I think it was, and um, attempted to deny everything that he'd said um, with uh, uh, Mr Jordan in the interview, saying it had all been taken out of context. And he didn't mean that Anthony Taylor was his mate. He just meant that he was on that day, you're all mates. And it can be that you don't actually like people, but you have to work with them because you're in the team. And they're all mates. And um, uh, it hadn't been anything like that. And it had been over, over, overstated by the press and, the so- and social media. And he tried somehow to wriggle out of it. And I thought, well, you know, nowadays you can just say the opposite of what you've just said. And, uh, and, or, and if you say it with enough conviction, um, people might believe you. But in reality, to to put on his little whingy voice saying that uh, he didn't want to put him through it was... Uh, I mean, just ludicrous beyond belief. I mean, it just shows their complete incompetence and inadequacy. That, um, but it also it actually confirms what I've always been saying on, the, on which I've said an enormous amount on the fan cast is that um, the pl- the referees on the pitch are in their own little little fiefdom. It's their own little world, and they really do not like being contradicted. 
And so to send him to go and look at something that he hadn't given, despite being right in front of it, he absolutely saw it, Taylor, um, would be, it, it's it's setting him up for doing something that he always hates. You can always look at Taylor and think he really doesn't enjoy having his his decisions queried in any way because he thinks he's absolutely right. Every time he, he's, he's a referee, he doesn't want to be contradicted. So we're almost to send him to the to the screen is insulting him, despite you and I understanding that all it is is a, a means of working out another angle. It's a means of of showing um, him that he might have got the decision wrong or look, you weren't in line. You didn't see what happened because you, your vision was was obscured by another player. And it makes great sense for you and I just to, to think along those lines because it's all about fairness. It's all about getting the decision right. But no, all it does is reveal how completely um, cronyistic they are, how they're all looking for each other's backs all the time. It has nothing to do with getting the laws right, to applying the laws, which that's what makes it completely pernicious and makes them absolutely not fit for purpose, these people. It is, uh, and some of the decisions that were made at the weekend as well, were just appalling. Keep watching players being pulled to the ground and it said, oh, they say, oh, it's gone to VAR, but no, nothing's been done. You think, it was a foul. There's a foul just taken place. I've seen it. Everybody's seen it. The referee hasn't seen it. VAR have cameras everywhere, have similarly not seen it. Or what is it? What have they decided? They've decided, no, the referee's made a decision. I don't want to undermine him. Is that what it's about? I don't want to upset him. I don't want to think that he's wrong. Is that what we've, we've got in front of us? in front of us for every football match. It's morally and ethically bankrupt, mate. Completely. Fucking appalling. Dan, diffuse the situation, which is incendiary already. I'm going to throw some petrol on the fire. Oh, good. Ah, Throw it on. Throw it on. I fucking hate VAR with a passion. It kills the game. Partly because it's... VAR, the system is fine because it's computer, inanimate object. It's a fucking twat doing it to spoil it. But you can't celebrate a goal. Every time we score now, it's like, oh, was the offside last week? So I'm not going to celebrate for a bit. I hate it. The best thing for me was um, goal line tech. That's brilliant. I'm all behind that. All the VAR stuff, go in the bin. Hate it, hate it, hate it. It kills the game for me. Computerized. I agree with you absolutely, Dan. If everything was computerized, like goal line technology, there wouldn't be anybody to blame, and it would just be artificial, as it were. Be like it'd be like in the cricket. There it is. It happens. Yeah, right. uh, Duckworth Lewis. We have yeah. people that actually could implement it properly. They weren't so incompetent, corrupt, useless twats. It would be fine. I don't, I don't know. I don't watch. It is across mainland well, Europe. Yeah, but, but in Europe, it is it is issues. much better in Europe. When you look at the UEFA yeah. Championships and the. The World Cups, it works fine there. They don't have the hump if they get sent to the screen. Do you know what would solve it, Dan? And I mean, this is the... I mean, Jonathan and I, you know, I, I we both love cricket. I like rugby as well. Rugby, you have uh, TMOs uh, and you you get to hear every decision called out as they analyse it. In cricket, every decision you get to hear yeah. what the umpire is doing. I think, I, think, I think this is imperative. And if the PGMOL do not do this... They are they're bent. There's no other way to put it because they would they would knock this shenanigans and bullshit out if the VAR conversations were heard in the stadium, and then Mike Dean wouldn't be able to get away with his asinine fucking judgment. Yeah, you know. And they did the same in the women's World Cup, didn't they? They had yes. the, they had 
very vocal. They do it in American football. Yes. They've got nothing to hide. Let's go. Exactly. Because then, you know, they wouldn't be able to hide if it was being aired publicly. They'd have to do their yeah. fucking job rather than just, you know, turn a blind eye so their mate doesn't get upset. I mean, it, it, it beggars belief. Do you know what, Dan? You know, this goes back to when I was the chairman of the trust and I used to go to the, uh, they have, I think it was a biannual meeting with the Premier League, Scudamore and all of that. Remember that? Yeah. I was in the meeting where, where all of the other chairmans of uh, Supporters Trust, we all meet the Premier League people like Scudamore as it was back in that day. And uh, they wanted to know what we thought about VAR. And I said exactly the same thing. I said, you know, this is nonsense if you're not going to have the decisions being heard audibly by the crowd and, and at home on the TV. I said, you can do it for cricket. You can do it for, for rugby. Why the hell can you not do it for football? What have you got to hide? And answer was there, fuck all. Mm. Nada. I think that says it all, really, doesn't it, JK? Harumph. Harumph. Okay, enough harumphing from us. Uh, I'm going to turn to something uh, far less harumphable. And, well, I don't know, actually. It could be a little bit controversial um, because uh, we're now into the third week of ye old Prem predictions. And uh, poor old JK, who got off to a stormer after the first game of the season. Um, but he's... Uh, He's not doing so well at the moment, I have to say. Um, I've get... gone minus. You are? Have I gone minus? Well, I, I'm, I'm struggling to find... I think you're on page two. Remember, there's, a, there's about 120 people playing at the moment, and you are now 95th, okay? But you're above Pat Nevin, who's 100th, and you're above Paul Cannaville, who is having a shocker, largely because I've been picking for him. Canners is 103, but he is level with uh, Mark Meehan. And Mark Meehan... Oh, no, I was going to say, Mark Meehan is propping up the mini-league of the mini-league, which is... Uh, I mean, basically, there are 100, 120 of us or, 100 or so who play this, uh, mainly our listeners and people on the Discord group and Patreon. Uh, but, of course, a lot of the fan casters play in the same league. So we have our own little kind of league within that where we compete quite severely with each other. And I was going to say that Mark Meehan is propping up the Chelsea fan casters mini league, but in fact it is not Mark Meehan. It is Dane Whittle, who is in 113th position. Uh, our dear chum and long-time and probably the most loyal Chelsea fan cast listener of all time, the absolutely delightful Brian Justman, I'm afraid, is propping up the entire league in 119th. Come on, Brian, pull your finger out. You can do better. We know you can. Now, going right back up to the other end of the table, Alistair Sun is leading the pack. Uh, on uh, He's in first place with 495 points. Uh, James Bannister's second. David Bergen is third. Who else do we know? Laws Barnes is doing well. He's seventh. Claire McConnell is in tenth. Oscar Taboda is in twelfth. John Parkinson is thirteenth. Uh, where's the first uh, fan caster? I bet it's Mark Worrell. It's nearly always Mark Worrell. And guess what? It's Mark Worrell. He's in 33rd. But guess who is in 35th? Stanford Chidge. Yes, baby. I'm in 35th. I'm second of the fan casters, which is for me is a major miracle. Uh, going down a bit further, Martin Wickham is in 48th. Uh, Kerry's in something like 90th. So there we go. It's it's so it's beginning to take shape. I have to say, boys, there's absolutely no way on God's earth I will 
finish anywhere near that high up. I, it's, it, I'm rubbish at it, really. Um, if you think you can beat any of us, let's be honest, it shouldn't be that hard, really. Uh, but you can still come and play. I mean, you're three weeks down. So, you know, you would have a bit of catching up to do, and that might inform your choice. But if you want to, uh, it's easy to do. You basically go to prempredictions.scoregeus, S-C-O-R-E-G-E-O-U-S, .co.uk, forward slash sign dot php and if you get in there uh you have to select chelsea fancast as your league uh and uh, you have to pay kiro 20 quid for admin fee funds actually it funds those great prizes so it's money well spent the other thing i would say is that you know as, as the chelsea fancast league gets uh entered into the league of mini leagues because there are lots of other people that play this game we are top of the mini leagues. Chelsea Fancast is top of the mini leagues. And actually, since we've been playing, this is our third year, We, I think we, we came second the first year. Uh, and I think we were about fifth last year. So we're out to win it this year. So there you go. Do come and join in. It's loads of fun. Now, right after this break, uh, we're going to have a preview of Chelsea versus AFC Wimbledon in the Caribou Cup. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, and I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and I am joined by Jonathan Kidd. Hello, everybody. Hello, Jonathan, and uh, the absolutely fantastic Dan Silver. Hello, everybody. Also known as known as Tiago to his mates. Tiago? Silver. Oh, yeah. So basically, I love two Mrs. Silvers. One's my mum, one's Tiago's wife. Uh, I quite like Bella. She's lovely, isn't she? Yeah. Quite like, I quite like Tiago. I'm actually going to have to change the uh, Chelsea fan cast All Star Eleven. I mean, really, you should be in Silver's position, shouldn't you? Yeah, I didn't think I, of that. Did you, did you know? Yeah, maybe. Who'd that means be, I've got to split who, the Smut Buddies up. Where would I? I mean, the Smut Buddies are a pairing, which is why they immediately. Well, I've had Glover's not got the height for a set and a half. To be fair. You know what? I could make it three at the back. Tiago in the middle, Glover in attack. Chidge's going to win the Champions League. Well, I could have the smart buddies. You know, they've got to be a pairing. Really, maybe if I made it four, two, three, one, we could have the smart buddies as the holding midfielders. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, yeah, that could work, couldn't it? All right, I, I shall revisit that. Uh, what the hell are we prattling on about here? I mean, for God's sake, Chidge, get a grip together. Oh, preview. Uh, Thank you, Dan. That's right. We've got the uh, the Wombles of Wimbledon Common tomorrow. Um, what an interesting fixture this is. Lots to talk about about this, which we will get onto in a minute. But as we all know, uh, a preview starts with uh, Chidge's team selection. We need a sting for this. Jonathan, get to work. Um, Chidge's team selection! Yeah, okay. It needs a bit of work, but uh, I applaud oh. the effort. Right, so as you know, JK, now, because people complained... We have two selections. We have what I think Poch will pick and what, right. what I would pick. Right. So I will go with what I would pick first. Okay. Okay. So um, I, th- I mean, I should, I, should, I should preface this by saying I think in all likelihood he's going to make a lot of changes. That's what people are saying. Um, I would go for a fairly strong side, actually, but give rest to key people who need rest. So therefore I would go Sanchez in goal. Oh, by the way, I would also go four, two, three, one. 
Uh, and the reason I would do that is to basically enable Silver to get a rest. So you only have to play two centre-backs. That would be Colwell and Dizazi. Uh Gusto plays uh, right-back because there ain't nobody else. Matson comes in for Chilwell, who I think, you know, we need to wrap up in cotton wool. Which means I think I would play Fernandez and Caicedo as the two in midfield because I think it would be good to get them playing together. Although it's interesting to see that he played Fernandez higher up, which kind of debunks that. And of course, you've got Ugo, uh, what was Ugochukwu hanging around. Who's Les, also, Leslie. Yeah, Leslie. We just call him Les. Yeah. We've got and Les. Chukwu. Ugo Chukwu. Ugo Chukwu, isn't it that? Yeah. I think we'll just call him Les. Anyway, okay. so I can understand why, you know. He might come in, but I, I would go strongish. I would give them more playing time. Kaikido Kaisedo needs to bed in. Uh, so there we go. I'd have those in the two. The the three uh, advanced in midfield. Sterling on the right, because I think, again, he's hot, playing when he's hot. Gallagher, effectively, is the number 10, because I think we need to see him playing in that role. Now, I don't know whether Mudrik is going to make it. If he is, I would pick him. If not, Maduweki gets in. And I would keep Jackson... Up front, because again, we don't have any other strikers that are fit. Maybe Burstow, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but I would play Jackson. He's just scored. Give him a chance to get another load of goals against a bunch of Wombles. That would be my lineup. So pretty strong, basically. Really only dropping Silver and Chilwell for their own good. Uh, Poch's side, I think he will go very different. I think he will play 3-4-2-1, because I think that's what he's decided he wants to play. Uh, and I think he will make many a change. So I reckon he will go Sanchez. Uh, three at the back, Colwell, Humphreys, Dizazi. Doesn't really have much choice. There isn't anybody else fit. And I do think he'll give Silver a rest. Uh, so Humphreys gets in. Colwell and Dizazi stay. Uh, the midfield four, Gusto. Again, I don't really see anybody else who can come in. Uh, I think Caicedo because he needs game time. Les because we need to see Les, although Moreira could play. He might get a pick if he's really feeling a bit uh, playing the youth. Uh, Matson covers uh, um, Chilwell like he does in my side. And up front, well, I've said Sterling, but I think he he, he may well play Madueki. Um Again, Jackson, because, well, who else is he going to play unless he plays Burstow? But, I mean, his is where it gets complicated because you could have Burstow instead of Jackson... You could have Madueki and Mudrik. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that, but I'm not really sure how fit Mudrik is. So there we go. What do you think, JK, of both um, teams? Mudrik is injured. Definitely, definitely out. Well, he's, not, he's not fit. He's not fit, yeah. Right. He's not fit. He won't play him. I did, I did say I, I didn't think he was going to make it, to be fair. He also said he's going to play five youth. Put on the bench. He said he's going to put a strong team out, but there'll be youth on the bench. No, he, he actually said in the in the press conference he's going to play five years. Well, who would they be? Humphreys? Uh, uh, Humphreys, Burstow. He mentioned um, reserves. Fucking hell, mate. The youth team. He actually mentioned that in the press conference. No, but he said he'd, he'd go strong. He'd have strong, he'd use on the bench. He actually said he's going to put a strong team out because he wants to win the cup. I, I didn't get that impression. I must have misunderstood him. I thought he said... Um, uh, Sanchez obviously because he wants him to play he talked about youth being the identity of the club and uh, he, and the, the interviewer said does that mean there are going to be some um, we don't know about and he said there'll be some 16 and 17 year olds involved yeah that involved means probably on the bench as opposed to actually starting he said actually I said think... five from the academy the words he used 
but you may be right. I I was under the impression he meant that they were going to play. But let's got you've got to respect them. I know they're league two, but you still have to respect them. I think he gets a game one and he brings players on. I think Bashir Humphreys will play from the start, and I think Burstow will start up front because you can't afford to get Jackson injured for the weekend. That's what he'll do. And like, Diego Moreira as well. People, yeah. he might get a shout. Same with Weke because he's he's fit and hasn't played at all. Um, Madueke Moreira with the wings. Yeah, isn't he a midfielder, Moreira? No, he's a winger. Is he? He's a fleet-footed winger, okay. apparently. Um. So, uh, I think you're right about Humphreys, Chidge. I think you'd be right about him playing. I think he'll give him a go. And Burstow. He, yeah. I think he likes Burstow. He's brought him on as sub a couple of times, so he's clearly got faith in him. Uh, Matson has to start. Yeah. Uh, Madweki has to start. Uh, although I didn't pick him in either, but that's because I was having a brain fart, to be very honest with you. Um uh, that's interesting. Gallagher, do you think he'll start him? I mean, I'm, I, I mean, yeah. My, yeah. I mean, my thinking was he's not going to risk anybody that that he can ill afford to have out injured, you know, or or where there is no cover. I mean, you see, this is the thing, you know, that, that, that my, I mean, I, it's really interesting. What I, I hadn't seen Poch's conference because I was too busy working today, but um, the reality is, with nine injuries at the moment, there is actually not that much room for rotation unless he really does chuck in a load of youth in. And I've got to be honest, I'm not hugely comfortable with him chucking a load of youth in to a hairy-ass Wimbledon side. They're not mugs. They're fifth in, in, in League Two, so they're in a playoff position. They are unbeaten this season, and uh, they knocked Coventry out, who were, who were in the championship playoffs last season. You know, so they're, they are, you know, yes, we should wallop them, but they're not to be taken lightly. You know, they're gonna, they'll get in amongst us. So I think you need a, you know, you can't pack it out with a load of youth players. That's going to be insanity. I've got to be honest. Do you not think? It's, but it's that question really? of who he starts with, isn't it, really? If he starts with um, a team that then has a, a goal, a couple of goals against them, and he then brings on the big guns, is it too late? Do they defend? Uh, it, um, it's going to be, you know, as with always with these playing against a, a championship side, you... you You've got to get the balance right, and you've got to have you've got to have a few people who'd be prepared to come on and rescue the game if necessary. Um, so uh, uh, it's anybody's guess. I've got no clue who he's going to pick. Really, no clue at all. No, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, it, it, you know, it's the first time we've taken part in the second round of the Caribou Cup since 2016-17. Uh, we uh, were dumped out. In the second, the last, well, you know, before that, in the second round, we lost to Stoke City 1 0 over two legs in 95 96. So we're not often in this uh, stage of the competition because we're usually in Europe. Um, as I said, Wimbledon have not lost a game thus far this year. And they did, uh, they did, uh, and they're fifth in the uh, in League Two at the moment. And they knocked Coventry out 2 1 in the first round. They have a terrible reputation, not reputation, track record in this competition. Uh, they've only reached round... I think this... Let me just read this because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, what was reached round two, right, for just the third time in their history. So they've, they've been into round two. This is their third time in round two. So, <laughs> yeah, they don't really make it very far, to be honest. Their team, by the way, I mean, it's interesting, actually... Um, I think the people who did this uh, preview have no idea what they're talking about, certainly when it comes to us. Although they may 
have better knowledge about Wimbledon than we do, which I wouldn't be surprised at. Now, Wimbledon have got injuries. Their captain, Jake Reeves, and midfield partner, Armani Little, uh, were both forced off injured in their last match against Forest Green, which they drew. And uh, they drew that because Troy Deeney, remember him? Good player. Yeah, well, he's now player-manager of Forest uh, Green Rovers, or whatever they're called. And uh, he's their player-manager, so he scored the equaliser. Uh, they reckon their team, this, this will mean nothing, I suspect, to anybody. Right, ready? Great Uncle Bulgaria, Tobermory, Madame Cholet, Tomsk, Orinoco. No, sorry, that's a different Wimbles, Wimbles. Uh, oh, oh, You're on fire. I couldn't oh. resist. I couldn't resist. Right. Uh, Zanev is in goal. Ogundere, Lewis, Johnson, Brown, Tilly, Ball, Pell, McLean, Alhamidi, Boogiel, Cuthbert, Dibble and Grubb. I mean, it means about as much sense to me as the Trumpton Town lineup, really. But, you know, I don't watch a lot of League Two. What can I say? Um, but look, I, I stand by it. I mean, you know, this lot, well, I mean, you know, they will, they will give it a right go. They're unbeaten this season. I'm not trying to big them up or anything, but, you know, I tell you what, another, here's another thing, right? Go a bit statastic here. Uh, and of course, the other thing is that this is compounded by, when you look at a history of, of Chelsea versus Wimbledon, you've got Wimbledon, then you have MK Dons, and then you've got AFC Wimbledon. So, you know, I, I, it's really hard to know who we're playing. I, I, I look at Wimbledon as old money. So, in old money, we played 12 games against... We've won 12 against Wimbledon. We've drawn 11 and we've lost 7. At home, won 4, drawn 5, lost 4. Our record against Wimbledon is absolutely awful. Uh, the first game we ever played against them, we got absolutely cuffed to death in 1986 against the old crazy game. We lost 4-0 at home. Remember that? I was there. Horrible, wasn't it? Yes, but I always had a great feeling of um, admiration for for uh, Wimbledon, the way they played, because it was so um, uh, apparently anti the way everybody else was playing. Well, indeed. Well, they, they they sorted us out in 86, and we were not a bad team in those days, JK. Uh, we then... Dennis playing for them at the time. Oh, would have been, and Vinnie Jones. The, uh, 87, uh, next season. These are all home, by the way. We drew 1-1. One, one. Uh, 89... Uh, so we're still in Division 1. This would have been the year we came back and finished fifth. We finished fifth in the first division this season. We lost 5-2 at home to Wimbledon. Were you there at that one? I was there. I'd have been there, yeah. And I think we lost to Liverpool 5-2 the week before. Might have done. Can't remember that. Yeah, remember that. Back-to-back 5-2 defeats. Yeah, I mean, that was horrific. We then drew 0-0 in 91, 2-all in 91. So thus far, we've played them 1, 2, 3, 4... Five times at home, we still not beaten them. We didn't beat them until '93 when we won 4-2 at home, by the way, and then 2-0, and on it goes. Of course, the most famous match against Wimbledon, I would say, in our history, was not actually at home. It was at Highbury when we beat them 3-0, and uh, Gianfranco Zola gave them twisted blood, twisted blood, which was a one a thing of beauty. Uh, we played them once in the League Cup in 1998. We we would have been defending champions, I believe. And guess what? We lost. We lost 2-1, but we lost away to them. I was there. Yeah. Uh, so the last time we played old money Wimbledon was uh, 2000 in the Premier League, and we won 3-1. There was this spurious match, which must have been a friendly, the last time we played them, or the, the only time we played AFC Wimbledon, uh, 2014. Uh, and we won down there 3-2. Anybody remember that? No, I don't. Would have been a what summer. Year was it? 
2014 in July, so it would have been a summer friendly. Pre-season. Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. 14. Mm, maybe, yeah, no. yeah. Well, no, you're right. It would have been 14. 14, 15, 14, yeah. 15 season. So there we go. Now, uh, we're playing this game again because I've, I've actually learned how to play this game. Okay, so we're going to do this for every preview from now on. Um, right, there have been 22 players that have played for both Chelsea and Wimbledon during their... Sorry, 23 players that have played for Chelsea and Wimbledon in their careers. Who are they, JK? And you've got... Without looking at the notes, because if you've read the notes, you can't play. Um, I haven't looked at the notes. Okay, off you go. Dennis Wise. Yes. Uh, Sullivan, goalkeeper. Yes. Um, uh, Vinnie Jones. Yes. Um, um, what's his face? Centre forward who played for us in '92. Uh, Mick Harford. I shut some names out. Yeah, yeah. Harford. Terry yeah. Feeler. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well done. Yeah. I'd have got. Uh, um, uh, Centre forward. Oh, you said Mick Harford. Oh, Mick Harford, yeah. Said him, yeah. Well, that's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, you're drying up. So here we go. Ready? Dave Besson. Oh, of course. Perry Digweed. Oh, yeah. Phil Driver on the wing. Oh, of course. Torrey Andre Flo. From then, didn't he? I didn't Tore. know. Yeah. That surprises me. Uh, Mick Harford knew about that. John Harley didn't know about that. Vinnie Jones. Ray Lewington. Mm. Terry Phelan knew about that. Neil Shipley, I knew about that. Neil Sullivan, Dennis Wise, yeah. Alan Young. Was he the Alan Young from 1963? Alan, Alan, Alan Young, Alan Young, Alan Young, Alan, Alan, Alan Young, Alan, Alan Young. No, not that one, David. Anyway, Leon McKnight. Leon McKnight. Leon Knight. Remember him. Into the world of people who didn't play much for the first team here, aren't we? Yeah, Josh McEachran, Lewis Baker. Played for everybody because we loaned him out to everybody. Patrick Bamford, we loaned him out to everybody. Francis Cowley, Danny Godwin, Les Briley, Jamie Cumming, the goalkeeper, Ike Ugbo, and Joe Sheeran. How about that? Lords are Lords are players. Who knew? Joe Sheeran. Joe Sheeran. Yeah. Like Ned Sheeran. Yeah. No, that would be Ned Sheeran. Okay, fair enough. So there we go. Um, I mean, bottom line is, Dan, we need to take this quite seriously. We need to win it. This could be our only realistic chance of a trophy this year, and it'd be nice to win one, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah, because we lost the last three or four domestic finals. Got to go strong team, start the game well, get the game well, and bring on the kids. We're at home, give them respect they deserve. It's great. And he said in the press conference he wants to win trophies. And you got to put strong team to start with, get get the game won, rest of players win the game. It should be a relatively straightforward win if we treat them with respect they deserve and not get too cocky. There we go. What do, you, what do you reckon, JK? Got to take it seriously. Got to win. We want to win a trophy this season. This could be our only chance. Yeah, it'll be interesting that he mustn't he mustn't select too weak a side. Um, he's got to have top guns on the bench. Um, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, really, he should he should pick a proper side for this because they're not they're not in Europe, and I think you should try and they need as much practice as they possibly can have, um, not having played together all that much. Um, so I'm slightly disturbed to hear that he wants to play a lot of youth. Yeah, me uh, too. 
rather do what you suggested in your um the teams you selected which is to pick uh pick a top side and blow them away yeah but um from what he said i don't think he's going to do that so um uh, it could be it, it it could be a banana skin i really hope it isn't well it could be i mean I, as, as i mean the thing to do is to start with my team and then finish you know with his team yeah yeah get the job done get three or four up put the game outside and then bring on the kids you know i hope he does that you know this is not spurs mopo by the way i just got out the couple of penalties to fulham oh really that's yeah. oh how funny oh i'm enjoying that lovely there we go okay let's stick a number on it jk what are you go what are you going for boy i think it's going to be 2-2 two, two. oh god uh, and win on penalties good god i'm glad i'm not going if that's the case i don't think i can bear it 2-2 two, two, chelsea to win on penalties dan 3-1 comfortable yeah, I mean, I'm I'm erring with that. I I, I I'm I'm just to differ from you. I'm going to go two one. All right. I mean, really, I don't really believe what I just said, but I, you know, it's it's me being uh, ridiculously pessimistic if he gets it wrong. You know, I don't think he will because also I think if he plays uh, some of the youth, i.e., some of the people who are not going to get into the into the first team, like Matson and Marrera, um, then that's still they're still be better than them as you say all you need is a a kind of you know a, a a hairy series of people to uh um to kick him up in the air and it may be something they've never experienced before yeah. i don't think so though i think they'll give him the run around actually right. so i think i think it'll be three nil actually all right well i'm going to go with dan and go three one i'm going to change my mind too if you can i can look josh nerfville number 11 has said we're ready we're ready <laughs> Okay, well, we're ready to go because that's all we've got time for tonight. Uh, JK and I will be back on Thursday with Dane for the preview show, looking ahead to Nottingham Forest at home on Saturday and, of course, looking back at our Caribou Cup match against Wimbledon on Wednesday night. It's always going to be like a a normal uh, uh, preview show where we review a game and preview a game. Uh, I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. God bless you. Thank you, Dan. You were you raised your finger. Were you giving me out? No, no, no. I just um, don't want to actually. No, no. <laughs> okay. Rather oh. than a postcard to what Dan was doing with his finger, was he a giving me out? Was he b about to pick his nose? Or c uh, do a one billion pounds? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, just get like that. You'll win a Chelsea fancast T-shirt. T-shirt. If you get the right answer, right? As I said. Um, well, that's all we've got for time for tonight. We will be back on Friday to do, to do the preview show. Uh, Forest at home and looking back at Wimbledon on Wednesday night. Uh, if you like what you we do, you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron, which basically means you can patronise us as much as you like. Uh, uh, or, or alternatively, just bung us a few quid every month to make me feel warm and cosy in my retirement. Um, there is no pressure. I, I, mean, I really do mean this. You know, if you want to, if you want to do it, you're lovely if you don't still love you just as much um you know but it's just one way you can show your appreciation if that's what you wish to do and if you do you go to patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast and if you do sign up uh you will be entitled to a kerry dixon banner Ooh, and also you can join our fantastic discord group which is basically like mixler 24 7 fantastic people in there all talking a lot of sense all very lovely people and very funny uh, now, in off the post, uh, there will be an in off the post show 
uh, tonight because JK and myself and quite possibly Dan will be recording it right after this show. Uh, but if you want your email, Patreon or Instagram post or Facebook post or tweet or whatever to be read out on the show, then let me have them by the end of the day on a Sunday. And the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. Now, you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at DanSilves73. Dan, gr- I mean, I, I cannot say how much, again, I enjoyed getting absolutely hammered with you on Friday night after the game. I mean, I staggered I staggered back to Pimlico about half one. It was like old days, mate. You made an old man feel very happy. I had such a great time. And it's been great to see you tonight. Yeah, Friday was absolutely brilliant. You made a slightly younger man feel very happy. It's good yeah, fun. Yeah. No, great great to be back on. I missed doing the show. And yeah, ro- roll on. Uh, next one, the FA League Cup, whatever it's called. Caraboo! indeed well enjoy yourself i can't make it because it's a midweek game and i'm too busy working down here which is a real shame but enjoy it uh, if you're all going i know you are uh, jk you are going too it's been lovely to see you as ever thank you love to be on the show as always love to be on with dan good to see you jk yeah it's good good on you both now uh brilliant you lot out there in mixler who've been listening live enjoyed reading your comments as always thank you for listening see you soon until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chills up the chill It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.